Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church parenting podcast where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers. And today we have Pat and Jerry on with us. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Good morning. Well, we're crazy glad to have you guys on the podcast today. And so we're just going to dive right on in and, and really... There's a lot of things that we're going to talk about today, all under the, the subject of of parenting and raising kids, and that kind of stuff. But really, the heart behind today's conversation is hey, how to help raise your children to find their spiritual giftedness. And so that's kind of be the the under you know the topic that we're going to be talking about today. So, but uh, where where'd you guys all grow up? Tell us a little bit about about just your upbringing and where you grew up. Well, uh, my, this is Jerry. And we grew up in northern Oklahoma. Uh, I was from Blackwell, Oklahoma, about 20 miles from the Kansas border. And Pat grew up in Ponca City, Oklahoma, which was about 20 miles away. Okay. Yeah. And you guys get back there very often? You still have family there and stuff or no? Not as much as we would like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Awesome. Very cool. And, you know, how old were you guys when you first met? We were 16 and 17. Okay. We met at a youth rally in Kansas, and as soon as I saw Jerry, I said I wrote a note to my friend that says, he's the kind you'd like to marry without dating. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey. So, so how long did you guys date then, if, if that was kind of your thought process from the beginning there? Four years, but one year dating and then three years he was in the navy so i almost married the postman (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure that had to been difficult at times letters yes we even dated while i was in the army national guard while i was in high school (laughs) she couldn't keep away from me so you were both in the army and the navy i was in yeah i was two and a half years in the army national guard okay and four years with Uncle Sam on three warships going like this all the time. For sure, for sure. So if you, did you prefer one over the other? I mean, obviously they're different, you know. Very, very different. Uh, The Navy was more challenging because it was during the difficult times. Yeah. And, but I basically got a good education. Uh, I was in electronics and everything. Yeah. It really paid off because I got two and a half years of college out of it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So you guys met each other. Like, we're in Kansas at some youth rally that... It was in, I'll um, let her do that. <laughs> what was it, Caldwell, Kansas, or Win- Winfield, Kansas? I guess that's okay. a small, small little town. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I grew up in a... I mean, because it's funny when I tell people I'm from a small town, they're like, oh, I'm from a small town too. And I'll be like, well, where are you from? And they'll be like, yeah, a town that's like 150,000 people. I go, no, no, no. I'm from a town of 200. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I go, yeah, that's, that is a small town. So, um, so you met at 16, dated for four years and then got, got married after that, I'm assuming 20 and 21. Yes. Okay. 20 and 21. <laughs> that, that's kind of unheard of ages anymore. So it is now. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so well, well, very, very cool. So, uh, so that's when you guys got married and then, um, where have you guys, like, when did you, where'd you guys live, you know, in that period of time and then kind of just kind of over the course of your guys' lives. Well, since Jerry was in the Navy, we lived in Norfolk, Virginia for a year and I became a Navy wife, Yeah. but we have lived from coast to coast. We have lived in Oklahoma Virginia, Indiana, California, Washington State, and our favorite state, Texas. This is where we raised our kids, and this is where we spent our careers for the yeah. most part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what were your guys' careers for the most part? Uh, I was a uh, YMCA director and did consulting after that. And Pat was a uh, school teacher 
for 27 years, I believe. And um, that's that was that was our career. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry won't tell you this, but when he started in the YMCA, he started as a custodian, and he ended up being janitor. A, <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up being the vice president of the San Antonio Y. So he moved on up. <laughs> yes, that is uh, that's pretty awesome. How long did? Well, it- there was he knew I was a veteran. He knew I was in college. I, you know. I, I wasn't just a dingling coming. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me you, you had a desire to be a great janitor and to be <laughs> yeah. to be a great whatever it was as you moved up right. the line. So, right. yeah, no, I love it. So, how many kids did you guys have? How many children did you guys have? Well, uh, we had a boy and a girl, um, and our daughter, unfortunately died of colorectal cancer at a young age and then passed away with the Lord at 43. Yeah. And we moved to um, California to help her and and her good, strong husband at a ranch, which I loved, and raised three daughters. And our son and uh, his wife and two children live about six minutes from us right here in, yeah. in, in Austin. And um, we love it. Uh, when, when we lost, after we lost our daughter and our son remarried, then um, we said, told my son, if you, go there, if you go to Austin, I'll be right behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it worked out that way. For sure. In fact, they even bought a house uh, without even seeing it, physically seeing it. Oh, wow. Everything was, you know, on the, uh, electronically. Yeah, know. yeah. Now, was it difficult to see, you know, uh, you know, your daughters passed away? And, oh. and so your son-in-law marry another woman was that like it was a long time after she passed away and we knew the lady and she's a godly woman yeah Yeah. and she uh in fact he has adopted two of her children now oh that's awesome and he just became a grandparent her oldest daughter had a baby okay but no we love suzanne so much and we we see god's hand working in her family in her life also yeah and yes it's it's always hard and it was hard on the girls to to yeah. accept a, a stepmother yeah but they have all learned to love her so much that's awesome that's very true and and we are we are in strong communication with our son-in-law on a fairly regular right. basis yeah and he happens to be a doctor like a lot of our grandkids are yeah no, he, he came to see us in fact okay <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's awesome that's awesome so what is your your passion in ministry uh, and, well and I know you guys some and we've hung out and you guys have uh, been awesome and watched our kids some and stuff and we've been we've spent some time together and I know you guys really like kids like a lot oh, not just not even just your own kids and your own grandkids but um, but what, kind of what what is your passion for ministry we love love working with children uh both of us have a deep love and experience uh with kids uh at one of the things happened while i was in the service and during the difficult times the holy spirit made it very clear to me to 
his desire was to work with kids yeah. and families. Mm-hmm. And what I do, went to Anderson University, and so um, I got my degree. But we love children, and but it was it was it was cut out for us hmm. to work with kids, and it was we had a struggle this this having a whole year hmm. when we couldn't work with kids here at church. Yeah, and I even t- talked with the pastor a couple of times. I told him, if you ever get back, I hope you let me go back and teach. Yeah. What happened last Sunday? Eileen, I mean, she's a strong lady. She came over and grabbed me <laughs> and gave me the biggest hug, and she held it for, well, I thought a long time. She yeah, did. She yeah. Did. But, but she was that told me that she was happy. I was yeah. well, we were there, not yeah. just not just me. We had an unusual experience uh, Sunday that we've never had before, though. We had a child who was wearing a mask and chewing gum at the same time, and he got his gum stuck in his mouth, <laughs> and it was going clear down to his neck. And he was saying, I'll just get water, and I'll just wash it off. I said, no, you can't oh. wash that off with water. I said, well, this mask has got to go in the trash. I'm sorry. But that was so funny. I've never had that happen before. Oh, man, that's crazy. In fact, this very day, we are in the process of activating again we had, you probably don't know this, we had a little a Bible club last year going on on a yeah. every with thir- some Thursday. some neighborhood kids, right? Neighborhood yeah. kids and we're in the process of opening it again and I kind of feel we're gonna have more kids. Yeah. And so we're gonna have it starting out at our house. Yeah. And so that process is going on. But uh, last last year, we uh, we had anywhere from five to seven. Yeah, and it was, but it was very strict. We're through in an hour, so we get after school. We'll go have it someplace. So anyway, again, yeah. it's not church, but it is church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. So definitely passion for kids. And why, why do you think that the Lord placed that upon your guys' heart? Because that, I mean, that, was, that was a few years ago, right? <laughs> I mean, I think you were still in the Navy at the time mm-hmm. when, when the Lord put this upon on you? Well, for me, yeah, uh, yeah we had just gotten married. In yeah. fact, I was on a mission that she didn't know where I was. So you're 21, tw- you're 21 or 20, something like that? Well, I was thinking. My experience was probably when I was 22 or so. Okay, yeah. I'd already finished electronic school. Okay. Um, okay, I'm just stretching out here. <laughs> You're doing great. Uh, but so, like, why, like, so the Lord placed that upon your guys' heart, this passion, desire for kids and for families, and you guys, have that's been a huge part of your guys' lives. Like, why, like, why do you think the Lord really placed that upon you? I mean, I'm, I know you guys are gifted for it. You're passionate about it, so it's an easy thing, but... You know, but like out of all the things that the Lord could say, Pat and Jerry, this is the thing that I want you guys to go after. Why do you think the Lord has placed that upon you guys? That's a good question. Uh, Not sure we really know the answer. No, that's fine. Um, um, I think God gives you joy when you're in his will. Yeah. And I've heard people say, if you want to know what God wants you to do, just think of something you don't want to do. That's probably it. And I went, no, (laughs) 
No, it, God gives you joy when you're yeah. working in your giftedness. I knew from third grade that I would be a teacher. Wow. And yeah. I've never, ever veered from that. I even told Jerry, I said, don't feel sorry for me if I'm teaching school. Don't think, oh, well, she's having to teach children. I love it. Being, yeah. a, being a Y director and a teacher is not an occupation that you're going to get wealthy. For sure. So, but still, you know, things have happened um, that has given us more resources. And a lot of it is just training yeah. that we've received. And, uh, and don't tell the state of Texas, but I used to say I would work for half of my salary to get to teach children. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, I, I love it. Um, so how do you teach your children about the Lord and uh, especially when they, you know, they make a decision to follow the Lord. So what, what did that look like for you guys as parents and as you guys are raising your kids? Well, I think you just have it as part of your whole family life. Hmm. And we also supplemented what we would teach them with uh, Sunday school, church, youth camp, youth conventions. And both of our children, our son and our daughter, accepted Christ at a very early age. Our daughter walked to the front by herself. We were not sitting with her. And she walked up by herself at age five and gave her heart to Jesus. And then our son was in an Iglesia de Dios, in a Spanish-speaking church, at four. And he made his way out to go to the front. And you think, Lord, this is in another language. (laughs) But it didn't matter. I went with him. (laughs) We followed him up there. And he wanted to... He had been asking me, what is a Christian family, Mama? What is a... People talk about Christian family. And I said, well, that's a family where everyone loves and serves Jesus. Daddy does. Mama does. Julie does. Have you accepted Jesus? He'd go, no. So he was four years old (laughs) asking this question. Oh, my word. And he wanted wanted to be that. And the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, the most quoted verse in all of, of a family... Train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not turn from it. But today, I'm going to say that scripture a little bit different. Train a child in the way he should Mm -hmm. go. As parents, I think you have the responsibility to watch for signs of God's giftedness in their life, and he will do that by giving them joy in the thing that they're doing. And so your job is to encourage the giftedness that Everyone has at least one gift. Some people have multiple gifts. For sure. But the same with your children. We're part of the body of Christ, and so are they. And they need to find their part in the body of Christ. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so as you guys are raising your kids and influencing them and loving on them and bringing them to church and children's ministry and all those things, like what, what are some good and tested ideas that you guys utilize to help train up and to teach your children? <clears throat> well, in Acts... It is written, if only I may finish the task the Lord Jesus has given me, hmm. we each are part of the body of Christ and have a unique, a unique job that fits our spiritual gift. Hmm. And the same with your children, or the same with our kids. Uh, and so... How, how, how does this happen? How do we do this? First, um, people, we are not perfect hmm. parents or grandparents. Yeah. Uh, we definitely make mistakes. 
But sometimes we get it right. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes we do. And we've been dealing with our granddaughter and grandson just recently. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think the first thing you can do is to look at the book of Ephesians, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And I love the book of Deuteronomy where it tells you how to do that. Yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Yeah. In other words, let them see that you love Jesus more than anything, and let them see you walk out your faith. Yeah. <clears throat> then give them opportunities to try out different classes or sports. Hmm. Now, we've had about, oh my, over 50 years of uh, parenting and grandparenting, so this sounds like an exhaustive list. But over 50 years with five grandchildren and two children yeah. here's a list of some of the things that they have been interested in and we've tried to help their interest in this activity yeah art football t-ball baseball basketball soccer track softball swimming french horn voice lessons sewing classes sign language acting modeling cake decorating horse riding cooking pageants piano lessons spanish classes flags on the football field and karate classes. I am tired just reading that <laughs> list, but we did it. We did it. And not only that, we we did all of them stick. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Some of those things they, the modeling went out the door and this went out the door. For sure. And but God used these activities to show them where their strengths were and where they found joy. No, oh, I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. Yeah, and you get so you guys, uh, how old were you guys when you had your first child? We were, it was four years, three years after we were okay. married. So we were 23 and 24. Okay, okay, yeah. And so, uh, when, when, you know, so you guys have had a long history of, I mean, you guys probably remember the day that you brought your kiddos home oh, from the hospital. Yeah. You know, and that was a few years ago. And, you know, now they're... Uh, you guys are just, you're more towards the other end of the spectrum. Um, and like, yeah, and we didn't really have this down as a question, but, but what things do you look back on and say, I am so grateful that in our 50 years of parenting and helping raise your own kids and grandkids, what are some of the things that you would look back and say, I'm so grateful that we always did this? I think we were always there. Hmm. We tried to go to everything we could that they were in. Yeah, yeah. she's stealing my thunder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we we had occupations that were gave us flexibility. Yeah, uh, with our daughter who was a there was a time when she, she's a leader. She was a leader, and she was full of it all the time. It'd be more than once I had to let her know. Who's the boss of the family? You're not the boss of the family. I, it sounds like you're talking about Paisley right now because she's uh, she's like that. So anyway, well, I mean, I did it in a one day. We were on the trip, and I had to pull over the car. We were on a vacation, and stopped and then turned around and let her know that you know I appreciate what you're wanting. You're trying to help. Yeah. I'm the boss, yeah. and I'm going to do what we want to do, and not you. And I love it. That was kind of a, I think, 
she was 13 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's, yeah. It's, we had an interesting thing happen. Um, our son was an athlete all the way from kindergarten through graduate school, and someone said to me one time, said, oh, Pat, you are so blessed that you love sports so much, and Rick's an athlete. And I looked at the person, and I said, if he had been a stamp collector, I would have been a stamp collector. Yeah, yeah. Because you kind of go with their For interests, sure. and you – you become part of that. I helped. Oh, absolutely. Just so many ways that you can help and encourage your child. I don't mean become a helicopter parent. I don't mean For that sure. at all. But that you get, you are interested so they know that yeah. what they're doing is important. Yeah, absolutely. It, interesting. Just this past week, our, our grandson, uh, and he was playing playing soccer. And the first, first Sunday, first weekend, uh, he was playing out there, and I kept hollering, "Troy, get that ball! Get that ball!" You know, and he just, you know, he was kind of, and and Rick was a coach, and still is a coach. And then this last, and then last last week, man, he was in there kicking that ball and getting yeah. in there with those guys. And then later, I said, Rick. Man, you ought to be proud. What did you do? Did you take him out? And he said, nope. I said, what did you do? And he said, we had a man-to-man talk. (laughs) (laughs) And then Troy loved it. That's awesome. I mean, so one, just, and we, of course, were patting him and congratulating him. Yeah. That made all the difference. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I I love it that you guys, just the thing that you guys are grateful for that you did was to be present. Because, you know, culturally now, like, I mean, we don't have any family within nine hours of us. And so, um, and I think that's a majority of families now. Like, most families are pretty divided, and they, they don't really live close to each other. And so, it makes it much harder. We would, I would, like, give my left arm to have grandparents living close by, mostly just for the practical aspect of, you know, just if you want to get away or do things. And so, it... Uh, that's just a blessing that not very many families get to experience. You're absolutely right. With today's economy and with things are way things are going on, but but still, children need attention yeah. at a at a at a key age, starting with your kids when yeah. they're three, four, five. Yeah, get them started. Yeah. Get them started in, in something, and that comes back to the family. The family has to be in agreement, hmm. and one of them has to be the leader. And yeah. Generally, it's going to be the man. Yeah, and and that's he's got to take the lead. Yeah, and unfortunately. Today, sometimes it can't be because of divorce, because of yeah. deaths and so forth. But you, but you got to find, like you're saying, all right, get grandpa, get grandma, get yeah. your aunt or uncle. Yeah. Get someone in the family that you trust. But the kids need a model. Yes, they do. They need a model. Yep. God knew what he was doing when he designed mom and dads to have kids. Like exactly. he, he just, this is not, it's, it's not an easy thing, uh, at all, but it's uh, a pretty straightforward desire that how God has designed things. So without a doubt. So what, what are some practical ways parents can give their children a chance to find this giftedness that God gives? 
Well, our son played football from kindergarten through graduate school, and he had a strong faith of his own <laughs> from four. I love it. And I know if he's asking questions, <laughs> oh, man, I just, I still am in awe of the questions he was asking it for. But we found out that all this can kind of came together in a, um, when he was a senior in high school and it was time to sign for football. And he had been getting lots and lots of looks across the nation. 27 and, to be exact. Yeah, okay. He didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so he knew that God guides us. So he said, here's what I want to do. I want mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, and my youth director to come over to the house and we're going to pray. Yeah. So we all got in the front room and Rick said, I called you all here together tonight because I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what university to go to. And I want prayer. And at that moment, the phone rang. Not kidding you. And he went in and answered the phone, and it was a track coach. Now, he was being recruited heavily in football. Track coach says, hey, Rick, are you still available? And Rick said, I knew in my heart that I didn't want to play football. Hmm. I wanted to run track. But in Texas, that's wrong. <laughs> track is supposed to be spring training for football. Yeah. And so he, he had that feeling, and also it would pay half scholarship, so that wouldn't be enough to cover all of his expenses we said you do what you want to do yeah you do what your heart is telling you to do and it was almost like an answer from god god said you want to run track so go do it that's awesome <laughs> and but that's where the training came in that he knew we pray and ask god's guidance and then we listened and god answered immediately <laughs> that's pretty awesome i love it so uh he did uh run track and the track coach said, we don't want him to be in a fraternity. It's too hard. So he came home, and I said, so what fraternity are you in, Rick? He says, I'm in Phi Trachafilda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No, that that is awesome. No, that that is uh, that is really, really cool. And he we, got to play football, too, because he ran oh. out his four years of eligibility in track and got to play one year of football. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a, awesome. He was a quarterback in high school all the way through. And so it was a large high school, so it got a lot of exposure and yeah. everything. Yeah, no, but for sure. That we I, we worked with um, talking about flexibility. Uh, I was a YMCA director, and I was a YMCA director, and it gave me opportunity since I was a vice president. I had I had some flexibilities. Yeah. So we got to go a lot to the the activities and so forth. And um, if if there's if there's a family that's listening to this and they well, how did they do all of that? Well, you know there there are sources out there that can help. You know your son or your daughter. You know the, with with the Y, their scholarships. Yeah. Uh, there are. You know it, it's not expensive to, yeah. to to participate in sports or to. And I'm saying sports because that's my background. But yeah, whatever the child wants to do, if he wants to go make clothes or she or whoever, yeah, there's always a way that that you're giving them a test hmm. to see what what they may be going into. Our granddaughter right now, uh, we think you know she's she's an artist in fact she's in some sort of contest right now and she's only in the the third, second grade third grade yeah. third, third grade i'm sorry <laughs> um, I, can't keep, I can't keep track of it. 
Callie so. prayed last night, though, and said, I thank God that I could go over to their house for dinner tonight, and thank you for Grandpa's homemade ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, being a teacher, she, she was through at 3 o'clock, and a lot of the activities are after school. Yeah. And and I had the flexibility of, of uh, going to some of these places and so forth. For sure. Yeah, so it... It all it all works together, but you gotta plan what you're gonna do. Yeah, and no. not not all activities. Uh, this sounded like a lot of money. Uh, in fact, Julie, our daughter, homeschooled the girls so the that state of California, which has many many things wrong with it, but they do have a lot of money they give homeschoolers for yeah. activities. So that yeah. helped her a lot. For sure. And also, we had a lady say, "I'll teach Annika to make clothes." And then our little granddaughter comes over and we cook together. There's a lot of activities you can do that, that just, you know, teach someone to set the table, teach a boy to change a tire, you know, absolutely, or a girl. Yeah. And I think there's just a lot of things that are free. Go take your kids fishing, take them hunting when they're old enough. Yeah. And uh, I think those things, you, you don't have to have a lot of money to get in activities. And you may know people like Jerry knew an architect. That was in the Y on the Y board, and yeah. Rick Rick wanted to be an architect. So, this man was a real strong influence in Rick's life without paying a penny. You yeah, know, for absolutely his, for his influence. Yeah. Well, and I love how involved you guys are in your in your kids and grandkids' lives because I remember every year my grandpa would send us clothes for Christmas and they never fit. Oh, <laughs> and I and I. As you know, even as a kid, I was thinking, Grant, why in the world can this mug not call my mom and say, hey, just curious what size is it? Like, I felt like my, I had to give all my clothes to my brother. I'm like, I, and it just, it, it was a small thing, but it always made me mad. I'm like, how in the world does my grandpa not know the size of clothes that I wear? <laughs> and not that he should have had it memorized. I'm like, you could have at least called my mom and asked. And so, um, but knowing interests and things change so fast and rapidly with grandkids. So I love it how you're, really, really heavily involved in their lives. Well, one thing that helped to help primarily, well, both of them, Rick and Julie, um, being a Y director, like I mentioned earlier, I had flexibility, but also um, they got exposed to a lot of things that probably in a, some occupation wouldn't happen. Hmm. For example, um we, I was on a board of directors of San Antonio. Uh, it was what was it called, Pat? The Council of International. Council of International mm-hmm. Relations. They group liked me for some reason, so we had a. I was on the board, so we'd have these plant times where we would entertain international people. Well, we'd have a big hoop to do. Well, who guess we always took Julie. And she loved to help and meet people and yeah. so forth. And then with Rick, for example, um, I was uh, had went to a lot of different places. I would take him. We would meet people that I knew. He would watch me. I would go out and shake hands and yeah. I would greet people. And we went to a lot of parties. Pat would meet the ladies. The kids noticed that. Yeah. So that was kind of a standard, I guess you might say. Every parent can teach their kids that emotional and, quotient. Not, yeah. And EQ sometimes is more important than IQ when oh, you man. know how to shake hands, visit with people you yeah. don't know, find some commonality. Yeah, absolutely. I knew that Rick loved 
the engineering part. Mm. One of the times we were at a meeting, just Rick, uh, Rick and myself, and the engineer named Lloyd Jerry. Lloyd Jerry was his name. I think he's still alive. We had a pretty high meeting, so I took Rick and he listened part of it, and I said, oh, "Rick, you need to go in the other room because we're going to talk about some heavy duty stuff." Yeah. So he went in the other room. And he had a little computer, and he would, you know, while Lloyd and I was discussing, you know, but that was an indication that and that Lloyd knew that he was interested in yeah. being, a, being an architect. I love it. Oh man, that's awesome. And he was fourteen, I think, at okay. that time. Yeah. You know, and I need to take the time to find some scripture passages to back this up. But I've often. I tell our youth leaders often, I go, you know, they're the students that show up on every Wednesday night or Sunday morning or whatever in middle school ministry, like they may not remember ever the things you taught them. Um, now, I don't remember what I had for lunch 10 years ago, but I know I, I like needed it to survive. So not to negate the importance of God's word and the importance of other people teaching us because we need that. Um, and I don't really, I remember very few messages my senior pastor or my youth pastor ever, ever taught me. But I remember all the experiences that we had and the messages that went with that experience. I remember being 16 years old, helping my father-in-law now roof his house. And he didn't invite me over because I was like a skilled laborer. <laughs> like he was just taking advantage of an opportunity to have me over and we get to chat it up while we're doing a project together. So with those, for at least for guys, I guess... But the fact of roofing a house, and I remember asking the question, it was a sexuality question, which was not near big of a, of a debacle then as it is now. But I remember the message because it, in my mind, it's associated with this experience that I've had. And so I can't help but emphasize enough like the importance of families, um, not just doing stuff together just to do it, but but adding in those experiences and the truth of God's word into those experiences. And I feel like the truth of God's word sticks more so years down the road because I have an experience that is, is associated with that time I learned this particular aspect versus just learning something in the classroom, so to speak. And so um, so I just think it's awesome that you guys have, have modeled that and now get to be a, a physically and uh, spiritually a part of that in your grandkids' lives. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty awesome thing. Um, it's important to teach a child to rely on God's guidance. Um, and so tell us about a little bit about that. And, and you actually mentioned, you told me about, you know, an incident that happened to your son. Uh, well, tell me about an incident, incident when your son had to rely upon God. That was whenever he was trying to pick the, the college to the go college. to. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. <clears throat> that was that. And, our, of course, our daughter going through cancer for oh, four years yeah. before she passed away. And uh, they picked a cancer doctor that was a Christian. Yeah. And when it came down toward the end, he told us, I, I know this is really hard on you, but I want you to know it's hard on me too. And maybe mm. it's because we're family, mm. because he was a believer. And I feel like that experience helped her get through it because he was a man who knew the Lord as well as he knew our family very yeah. well. And so I think they've learned to rely on the Lord, even in things like that, the person that was chosen for her uh, oncologist. Yeah. And when it, you know, um, there's there's only a few things in life I would hate to have to go through, especially for my kids. And if my kid had cancer and passed away, that'd be just 
very, very difficult. And and there's a there's a lot of things that are difficult in life, and that not just cancer. But I think of a really good friend of mine who had a huge influence in high school, uh, Biney, and uh, he had Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh, I was like, mm. man, I'd rather have a whole lot of issues than <laughs> Lou Gehrig. You know, and that's where your muscles basically deteriorate, and your right. body just stops working. Right. For those who don't know and stuff, and so just so. What, what would be, I think the, the, I can't help but just think of like, what would be advice or, or, uh, biblical wisdom that you guys share with your daughter and that, that you would recommend to other people to, to say to those who are going through something really difficult, like going through cancer. Cause oftentimes when things like that, really difficult things happen, um, we haven't always thought through what to say. And so sometimes we say cliche things that, that are, their heart is in the right place without a doubt. They're very well intended, but sometimes th- things that we say to folks when they're struggling, it can be really hurtful. And so um, I'm, I'm sure you guys may have even possibly had some of that, but what, what wisdom would you give to anybody who would be in a similar situation. I think the the people, yeah. we were in California at the time, and I think the way they showed love, and I tell Julie, I said, I can cook. I don't need people bringing food. She says, Mom, <laughs> Mom, that's how people show love. Yeah. And that's that's the way they're trying to show me yeah. love. And one of them even came out, and we weren't home. So she put the bread she brought in the into the uh, barbecue. Oh, that's awesome. And put awesome. the lid down so the dogs wouldn't yeah. get it. Yeah. But that that that's how people can show love sometimes yeah. not saying things for sure songs also i know julie mm. one time in church they were singing in christ alone and she just stood up she stood up it was very emotional because it was held from, her hands up like this it was like from yeah. life's first breath till my last breath yeah. christ is it and so at her funeral they sang that song mm. and her husband stood up and it was a blessing wow. so songs can help people uh, food can help people. Talking and doing, telling them scriptures sometimes is not helpful mm-hmm. at that very time. For sure. But just the love that you can show to a person during that time, which yeah. she had a lot of support. She had family and she had lots and lots of friends. We went to a very loving church and they were very good about that sort of thing. Yeah. It's interesting also <clears throat> by us. I guess training Julie, if that's the right word, when she was little, we noticed that even while she was suffering, she worked with the three girls. Mm. She was teaching them. They were little, littler. Yeah. Um, And about Christianity, about going to church, and, and the things that we do and what's happening today, they're all young women, and two of them are married, and they're active. Yeah. They're active in the church. Yeah. Thanks to Julie. Yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's going down the, the, in, with our other families. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love it. What about parents, you know, who are encouraging their kids or teenagers to kind of follow in, in their footsteps in terms of maybe an occupation or, uh, you know, a business that they may own? And, and let's talk about that a little bit. We said that's probably not a real good idea. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Because, that's right. Because God's giftedness sometimes is very different from mm. what your giftedness For is. For sure. We have a funny story about my brother, Mike. 
who was a mechanic. In fact, he was an airline mechanic and traveled all over the world with a Christian evangelist. And one day he was working on his car, and his little son, Josh, came out. And he said, Josh, if we are ever going to go into business together, you'd better come over here and help me work on this car. Mm. And Josh said, Dad, how about if you take art lessons? <laughs> <laughs> that know, is a worthy question. You know what? That was the truth. And Josh still, that's, that's right. Exactly. He's, it's happening right now. He's a worship leader. He writes songs. Oh, he plays awesome. the piano he's and the an guitar. Artist. And he's, he just has a totally different way of life than mine. They still yes. love each other, yes. but it's so different. And wow. God already told Josh that when he was tiny, you know, that how about if you take art lessons? So how old was he when he I don't know. asked he, that question? Elementary school. Okay. Sure. Well, man, that is such an amazing thing because I think often, and even in myself, it's like, well, I do this. So like my son has to do this. <laughs> and, and that may be fine at times, but it, but it, to force the giftings that God has put upon me onto my own child, like that'd be, that'd be a stretch. I don't think that's a necessary thing. Not everything needs to be passed down. Like they're going to have different giftings than I am. And I also think culturally, like often parents and, and grandparents have often looked at a particular uh, passion or field that a child or teenager or college age adult has. And they would look on that and they would frown upon that, mm. which now, I mean, I guess if they were, I don't know, opening up a, I don't know, a triple X store, I would, <laughs> I would hope that there would be some frowning upon that. But, but outside of just, you know, uh, trafficking kids or whatever, the extreme examples, like, like I think often to, uh, some of the things that are looked upon as like that, you can't honor God with that, or you can't make enough money with that or all of these excuses. And you know, and it like just destroys uh, right. a a relationship that that parent may have with their their mm -hmm. child, or hinder or hurt that relationship, all because the parent has this perspective that for you to be an artist is a waste, and that's not true. That's not mm -hmm. true at all. And so, I love it. Just the wisdom you guys are given is awesome. Well, I have been a teacher for many years, twenty seven in first grade, and then some other years too. But I'd go to PTA meetings, and there'd be a choir singing. And I would look at the audience and I'd think, there are not two people in here for every person on that stage. Did they just drop them at the curb? Hmm. What happened? What was more important that night yeah. than going there and hearing the child and maybe going out for a Dairy Queen afterwards? Yeah. It's, it, that tells them that what you're doing is very important to me. Yeah. And um, I, one time I walked out the back door of my school and I saw a t-ball game going on. This is after Rick's grown and i thought oh i miss that mm. i miss going to t-ball games so i started telling my parents at open house i would say i know you're at the busiest time of your life but don't miss a thing yeah. go to right. everything you can and that's been our philosophy is try to get to as many things as we can put it on your calendar and and get there yeah. Because sometimes just being there tells them you're so important and what you're learning is good stuff. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up that along this same line <clears throat> is as a family, I mentioned earlier that someone has got to be the leader, the boss that can give direction for the family. And I remember 
I think Rick was something like 10, 11, somewhere along there. And um, Julie was a little tight. And Rick was given instructions, and we were going somewhere, and he had fussed at that pad over here. And and so um, we were walking out the door, and I said, Rick, come here before you go outside. And Pat was, I don't know where you were. And I said, what you were doing really hurts me. Mm. I said, that lady is my wife. And what you did not only hurts her, but it makes me mad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my wife. He said, uh-oh. And I think after that, he kind of changed some of his comments and words. and stuff. Yeah. Not, no, he wasn't saying bad words. For sure. He was arguing with her. Yeah. But it went too far. Yeah. So anyway, it, as a dad, you got to stand up and, at yes. times. Yeah. So, and I think that was a kind of a turning point. Uh, really uh, for him. Yeah. Which I think is an awesome thing. Sometimes it's easy just to, for parents to let that stuff slide, you know, and you know, maybe there's a time for it maybe, but, but we need to, we need to learn. We're going to make a ton of mistakes in life. I I feel like I've made more mistakes as an adult than I ever did as a kid or a teenager. (laughs) I mean, maybe other people that was not the case, but I feel like I have a PhD and, and tearing stuff up and making mistakes. (laughs) And so for them to learn, like to be corrected, to repent, and to change their ways in order to honor the, like, we're going to have to do that our whole lives. So they might as well start when they're young. I mean, they, uh, and, and instead of them being 15 and they get corrected and they feel like that their whole world is shattered because they've never been corrected before or they've never been rebuked before um, or confronted. And so the, I think that's an awesome thing to be able to model. And I agree. Um, I mean, I think Genesis lays out, uh, you know, the huge issue with marriage couples and the desire for, you know, there is, you know, we're both God's given men and women both to lead, but, uh, biblically speaking, I believe that men are given a higher responsibility and calling, uh, which to lead their families. Um, we see that in the church. We see that all over scripture that God has given that and not to say they're both needed. Both are crazy, crazy important and critical. And God gives extreme value to both biblically all over the scripture, new Testament and old Testament. Um, but that, that tension, that sinful nature back in the Garden of Eden is still passed down through the sin nature of all of us, that desire for the just a battle of the wills within a marriage. Amen. And um, I haven't figured that out yet. So, <laughs> and I don't know if I will, but it's, uh, but it's good to be aware of that as well. What, so I've got um, one last observation, and then I'll, I'll ask if you guys have any closing thoughts. But most people in your stage of life, grandparents, my observation, and this may be just my criticalness that I've observed in life, but most people I know, uh, again, just ob- observing life, you know, they're 55, you know, they're, they're, their kids are grown, had a couple of kids, they're grown, and if they were s- even somewhat wise with money, they're ho- probably debt-free or ho- Lord willing close to it, and so they probably have more money than they've ever had before, I mean, other than paying for college, if that's, you know, in the phase that they're in. But uh, they retire, have more time and money than they've ever had their entire life, and then they just coast. And I would say they waste a good 35 years of their life doing nothing at all. Now, you guys are not that at all. 
Like, and not to say that you have to, I don't, when I say, say that they're, they're not doing anything that I don't mean that you have to like work a career until, you know, you're, you die, but just the need to stay after it, be involved in family, influence grandkids and your, and your children. And, and to even just still continue to be involved in church. Most people that I've observed in your phase of life do not do that. They just, they're all about, again, this comes across a little critical, but they're more self-absorbed. I've lived my life. I've done this. Now it's time for me to just chill. And they may not say it that way in those words, but I've observed many, many folks in your stage of life who have done that exact thing. Why in the world would you not desire to do that? Because I do, I've not seen that at all in you two. Why in the world did that? Did you guys choose to not, you know, in my words would say waste the last good, you know, years of your life um, and to stay involved and to stay dedicated and still show up and pour into kids every Sunday morning. Why in the world, what values drive those decisions? Not having fun. <laughs> Are you saying your wife's not any fun? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's, it's teaching kids is fun. I mean, it's uh, a blessing. Yeah. We get blessed. For both of us. Yeah. It's not, I mean, all right, uh, we retired, but also she continued working. I continued volunteering yeah. even now. Yeah. Even now I'm still volunteering. Well, I wasn't for the past year because of this virus thing. Yeah. Um, I volunteer at the Southwest Branch here, YMCA. I yeah. don't get paid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I would do consulting after I retired from the Y. Now, they came to me. I didn't go to them. Yeah. So if you're having fun, and, and church has always, always been a part of our weekly, mm. weekly yeah. activity. And and I went crazy this past year not being able to teach kids. Yeah, I don't want to sit and just watch TV all yeah. the time. Anyway, that's just my observation. I yeah. think when you're young, you think if I could just find the will of God for my life, this Man. would be wonderful. Then I could just go do the will of God. <laughs> and they don't realize that that is a constant thing. Hmm. Jerry and I still pray that God will show us his will for us to do something right here and and who calls lucas calls and says would you do a podcast and we say well god we ask show us your will and this is your will yeah so but part of it is just the joy that you have i have sat in church when i taught sunday school first and then church i have sat in church and looked at those people and felt sorry for them because they didn't get to have the fun that we had in Sunday school. They, I love they didn't it. get to be with the kids. Yeah. And, and in Seattle area, we had someone ask us if we would do the um, Good Friday service. Well, we asked the kids if they'd like to help with the Good Friday service, and they wanted to sing and dance. And they said, uh, no, that wasn't exactly what we had in mind <laughs> for the Good Friday service. So we decided to do artwork. And for three weeks, we did Legos, clay, chalk, yep. paint, yep. Uh, just all kinds of artwork. And I thought, is this a waste of time? And then you see a child with clay forming an empty tomb. Mm. You see a kid with Legos making the ascension of a little Lego man going up (laughs) into the clouds. And you think, no, this is kinesthetic. This is working with your hands, and that will stay in your mind. We had a second grader write a sermon. Sermon, Uh, yeah. It was a sermon on a a poster board. And... uh, 
and the adults appreciated it. We had it in the hall as they came in for yeah. Good Friday and Easter, and the people appreciated seeing the kids uh, learning about Good Friday and Easter morning and the Ascension. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we look at children as just a babysitting opportunity. Oh, we get to put them in study school, you know, and then we get, I used to say, they don't call it the sanctuary for nothing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get to go in and sit down and be quiet for a while, which that is a blessing. For sure. But, but they're learning, they're learning so much. And when they can learn it from more than one person, when Jerry and I used to do youth work, they asked us if we would also teach Sunday school. We said, no, they need to have a different person teach Sunday school and a different person exactly do youth work right, so they yeah. can hear it from two people. For sure. And I think it's important that we, that sometimes I feel like we're stealing blessings mm. because we're, I told Eileen, we'll, we'll teach every Sunday. We, you know, and then you think, well, maybe somebody yeah. else wanted to teach us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's a blessing. We are happy when we're teaching. Yeah. Probably, she's probably wel- welcoming us because we're doing it every week. She doesn't have to worry about getting other people. <laughs> in. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's, you know, at our age, it's fun. I mean, so long as God is giving us the strength and the mentality to c- continue this, um, we're, we'll stay here as long as we're effective, you know, with the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I know we're at the age where you, how long can we do this? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. My grandfather on the James side, he was 94 or 95. And my grandmother was 93, I think. Yeah. Um, and anyway. so Got plenty of time to keep getting after it. And I, <laughs> I, I love it. I plan to. And I the, love and it. And the kids teach us. Hmm. That's part of it. I can remember in San Antonio, we made a model of the sake of the Ark of the Covenant Ark of the Co- yeah. in the gym. And we invited the church to come. Oh, and we would we'd give, deal. give them a tour of the Ark of the Covenant, as big as the gym. And we had curtains and tablecloths strung up between the holy place and the holy of holies. Yeah. And when the girl stood there and she ripped back that curtain and let me walk into the holy of holies, something happened to me. I was like, yes. And I can't sing a song now about the veil being torn without mm. knowing, uh, without seeing her open yeah. that veil. Oh, that's awesome. And it was just, what a blessing to experience going into the very presence of God. Yeah. You know, that's nowadays, that, and you know this, but with the economy, the way it is, um, both spouses, they have to work all kinds of hours. So things are a little different nowadays. Yeah. So I think as Parents and grandparents would need to be a little more creative mm-hmm. of involving our kids, but there are ways they can do it. Yeah, I mean, it may take both the husband and the wife. You may have to plan some schedules. Yeah, making it a little bit different. But when the kids are, you know, four and five years old, those are key things that they yeah. will not forget. And I, I can still recall as, as a kid that's four, I think I was about five years old, um, went to church, and their Sunday school teacher, in fact, when they I was in her class, they wanted to promote me to another grade. I, do, I didn't want to go. And I remember, I think it was my dad, said, no, well, let him stay here again. And this lady had a big influence on me. Hmm. Yeah, when I was nine, when I was eleven and ten, 
church was not that, you know, eh. Yeah. Uh, but I never forgot it. Hmm. I never forgot it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm grateful that you guys could come on, and uh, I think we could uh, talk for hours. Uh, <laughs> but w- what would be any closing thoughts that you guys would have that you would like to share with those who are listening? Again, the topic we've been talking about is how to help your children find their spiritual giftedness. And so what, what closing thoughts would you guys have? I was reading a story about Mother Teresa. <clears throat> and uh, when she was a young person, she didn't know if it was God's will for her to go into Calcutta and work with the very poorest of the poor. So she went to her priest and she said to him, how will I know God's will? And he said one word, joy. And when I read that, I thought, yes, that's it. Because if God gives you joy in what you're doing, you're probably doing what mm-hmm. he wanted you to do. And not that everything's going to be fun, because it isn't always For fun. Sure. But there's a deep-seated joy that you know that you're doing what God called you to do. And you want your children to find that same joy in service. Yeah. So if you want your kids to be involved and to follow the Lord you have to be involved in their lives some way somehow mm-hmm. at a young age and stay with them yeah. and be an example walk your talk mm-hmm. They will notice that. I, uh, as a grandfather, I am noticing now, at my age, things with my, particularly my granddaughter, young granddaughter, and my grandson now. Yeah. They are watching. They don't know that. Yeah. But they are. Yeah. Be involved. No, that's great. That's awesome. Well, Jerry, would you be okay with praying for uh, just, you know, primarily the parents that we have here at church and the parents to come and just whatever God lays on your heart, that'd be awesome. Yes. Heavenly Father, Pat and I thank you for this opportunity of speaking to Lucas about our experiences of raising kids. Lord, we are grandparents. We've been around we've been around the track quite a few times and we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you still are encouraging us. Mm-hmm to teach kids. I pray, Lord, that the few comments that we may have made today might be an influence to some other parents who are struggling how they can be an example for their kids because of their duties to... Mm -hmm. work and bring resources to their house, to their family. We ask, Lord, that you would give us and give other families 
strength and opportunities to be an example in front of their children. And, 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 and at church, we thank you, Lord, for Lucas and for the other staff people that speak and teach and give opportunities for us. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Guide and direct us, all of us, in the ways that you would be pleased. These things I ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so, so very much for being with us today. Thanks for joining us today on the House on Fire podcast. Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we'll see you next time.